0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. One of the issues that cause many tension and problems uh, between family members when we lose control over our temper and when we get angry. Many ask this question regarding anger, whether anger is sin or not. Especially in uh, many of our prayers, we ask God to take away his anger from us. And sometimes we speak about holy anger or indignation. Also in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26, the Bible tells us, be angry and do not sin. If anger is sinful, how the Bible tells us, be angry and not sin. Anger is an energy. And any energy, we can use it in a, a defying way, or constructive way, or destructive way. In order to build a church like this, you need energy. And in an order to demolish any building, you need energy also. So, anger is energy. If we direct it in the right way, it can be constructive. If we direct the anger toward the right target, it will be constructive. But if we direct the anger toward each other or toward ourselves, it can be destructive. That's why we hear about anger management, not how to get rid from anger, but how to manage your anger. Managing anger means how to make it constructive how to make it useful to you like the car the car actually is energy if you control the car well then it will help you but if you lose control over the car it can get into accident and kill many people etc anger is like you know a car if you control it it will be very useful If not, then it can lead to many uh, disasters. Anger actually, when it is not controlled, can lead to many sins. And one actually of the beautiful passages in the scripture is Genesis chapter 4 from verse 3 to verse 7. After Cain offered his sacrifice and God did not accept it. We read in verse But he, God, did not respect Cain and his offering Did not respect means he did not consider, he did not accept it And Cain was very angry, very angry And his countenance fell So the Lord said to Cain Why are you angry? That's a very important question Why are you angry? So when you get angry Ask yourselves the same question, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? And the Lord told him the solution. If you do well, will you not be accepted? So instead of getting angry, think how to correct it. And if you don't do well, sin lies at the door. So this anger will lead to another sin. And the sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you. The desire of the sin is for you means want. it's like a trap, want to capture me. But you should rule over the sin. You have the power to rule over the sin. As you know, the problem of Cain, he did not offer animal sacrifice. God told them without shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So sacrifice has to be animal sacrifice. When God did not accept Cain's offering, Cain started to be angry at God. And the Lord told him, why are you angry? If Cain responded to God to this question, he would say, I am angry because you did not accept my sacrifice. You have partiality. You were biased to my brother Abel. You accepted his sacrifice and you don't accept mine. You did not encourage me. Why you make it a big deal? Even if I'm wrong, accept my sacrifice this time and encourage me. And next time I will offer animal sacrifice. Now you are asking me, why are you angry? You rejected my sacrifice. I am very angry because of this. That's actually what Cain would answer. All what I said, that's exactly what was going in his mind. Why? Because Cain wanted to break the commandment of God. And in the meantime, he doesn't want to reap any consequences of breaking the commandment of God. And many times we think this way and we get angry like Cain this way. We want to break commandments, but we don't want to suffer any consequences. And the best way, and in instead of blaming ourselves, we blame the other. Other can be God, can be Abuna, can be the church, can be my spouse, can be my children. I blame others. And we blame them that they are partial. And God does not encourage us, or the other person does not encourage us. For example, your son does a mistake. And when you give him consequence, he starts to make you feel guilty. No, why are you saying this? should encourage me. It's not a big deal. Everybody does it. Just be patient with me. I will be better. God actually told him, why are you angry and why your countenance has fallen? The reason of anger is within you. It's not because of me. It is within you. Because you wanted to apply the commandment in your own way. And you don't accept rebuke, you don't accept correction, you don't accept (laughs) criticism. So once I tell you you're wrong, you are angry. For example, if somebody came late to the liturgy and Abuna told him, you cannot serve as a deacon today or you cannot take communion today because you came late. Our reaction we get angry exactly like Cain, because we want actually to break the rule of the church and we don't want to take responsibility of our wrong action. And instead of saying, I have sinned, forgive me or absolve me, start blaming Abuna. Abuna is so strict, he is not helpful, he actually pushes people away from the church, etc., etc. And sometimes we say this about our parents. I cannot wait until I am 18. I'm going to leave the house. My parents are so strict. They want just to control me. I hate it. I don't like this. He wants just to come after midnight. He wants to come early in the morning and zero consequences. But the Lord actually starts to tell him, this anger should not be directed toward me. This anger should be directed toward the wrongdoing. If the anger is directed toward the wrongdoing, then you need to correct it. That's why he told him, if you do well, will you not be accepted? Instead of directing your anger toward me, correct what you did wrong. If you do well, as if God is telling him, you are angry and this anger will not help you. In fact, you did something wrong. But you don't want to take responsibility of what you did wrong. The solution is not to blame me. The solution is to do well, is to correct it. And when you correct it, I will forgive you. I will accept your sacrifice. It's very easy. If Cain went and bring the next day animal sacrifice and offer it to God, if you do well, you will be accepted. But instead of bringing animal sacrifice, he killed his brother. And the Lord warned him and told him, And if you don't do well, if you insist on blaming others, there is sin lying in wait for you at the door. And its desire is for you. As if the Lord told him, Your anger will lead to another major sin, which is murder. And that's exactly what happened because he did not manage his anger, he killed his brother. He killed his brother. But this is not an excuse for you. Don't say, I was so angry, that's why I killed. It's not an excuse. Because as the Lord told him, but you have control over it, but you should rule over it. You should rule over it. If we summarize the advice that God gave to Cain, we can say, there are actually some points. First point, anger is inside you, is within you. Don't blame others. Don't blame others. Number two, take responsibility of what you did wrong instead of getting angry. Number three, try to do well. Try to correct the wrongdoing. Number four, if you don't correct then there is a sin lying in wait for you and you will fall into major sin if you do not manage your anger in uh, Proverb 29 verse 22 an angry man stirs up strife and a furious man abounds in transgression sometimes you get angry with our spouses, our children, and this actually start strife, and then avoidance, abandonment, silent treatment, etc. And a furious man abounds in transgression. His transgressions abound. He will fall into many, many sins. For example, in our meeting, all of us who are now quiet, calm. If somebody start here. God forbid, (laughs) to insult somebody or to curse somebody and he's angry, what will happen? He stirs up strife. All of us will be tense. That's exactly what happened in our houses. Sometimes we are calm, quiet and a word just makes everybody angry. That's why in Proverbs 30 and verse 33, as the shunning of milk produces butter. Running of milk produces butter. Wringing the nose produces blood. So the forcing of wrath produces strife. Forcing of wrath produces strife. The Bible actually differentiates between two types of anger. Holy anger, which is, we call it indignation, or unholy or ungodly anger. Like when Moses descended from the mountain, carrying the two tablets of the Ten Commandments, and he found the people actually made golden calf, worshiping the golden calf, and saying to the golden calf, this is your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Moses was very angry, as we read in Exodus chapter 32 and verse 19. Moses was angry, and he threw the two tablets, and he broke them. This story, like another story, when the Lord Jesus Christ entered the temple and he found the people buying and selling in the temple. He was angry. He turned the tables of the tax collector and he told them, my house is called house of prayer and you made it den of thieves. Many of us, when we get angry, We try to say it's a holy anger, it's indignation. How would you decide whether your anger is holy or unholy? There are three things. Number one, what is the motive? Number two, what is the goal behind your anger? And number three, what is the means or the way you are using when you are angry? Motive, goal, means. The motive, the only motive for holy anger is the love of God. Zeal for the glory of God. When the disciples saw the Lord Jesus Christ was angry, they remembered the verse that the zeal of your house has eaten me up. So why the Lord was angry? Because of the zeal. His love for God. His love for the glory of God. Not every anger is holy if the motive is not godly. Moses, why he was angry? Because the people giving glory to the golden calf instead of giving glory to God. But let me give you an example of anger that is not holy. In Matthew 21 verse 15 and 16. When the Lord entered Jerusalem and the children were chanting, Hosanna in the highest. This is the king of Israel. We read, But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he, Jesus, did, and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Indignant is the biblical word for holy anger. But is it holy? And said to him, they said to the Lord, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes, have you never read out of the mouths of babes and nursing infant, you have perfected praise. Let us examine their motive. Was it for the zeal of God? No. It was for love of themselves. They felt jealous from the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the people said to the Lord, Ozan and Zahai, they saw the wonderful things that he did. It is not love of God or love for the glory of God. So he wanted to defend their anger as indignation, as holy anger. But the real motive behind it was their own glory. Like Saul and David, and after David killed Goliath, so the women start to chant and say, Saul killed a thousand, but David killed 10,000. This small word made Saul hates David. Like from that day, he wanted to kill David and chased him to kill him because he became jealous. Many times we get angry just because we are jealous. And we accuse others of partiality. Like Cain, accused God of partiality. But he was jealous from his brother Abel. Because if he is angry at God, why he killed Abel? Jealousy. Jealousy. He killed Abel because of jealousy. So that is the motive. Number two, what is the goal? The goal should be correction, not destruction. If your goal is to revenge from the other, avenge the other, destroy the other, then it's not holy anger. Holy anger, the goal is to lead the other to repentance. But if you feel that the other should be destroyed, then it's not holy anger. Moses, after he became angry, he led the people to return back to God and to worship God, and he took the colt in calf and cut it in pieces and throw it away. The Lord Jesus Christ, when he was angry in the temple, he told them, my house is house of prayer, don't make it den of thieves. But many times, our goal, when we are angry, we want actually to punish severely the other, to destroy the other. That is not a holy anger. And the third, we spoke about the motive, the goal, the means. What are the means to express my anger? If I am cursing, if I'm swearing, if I'm threatening, that's not the right way to express holy anger. Holy anger, yes, I can be firm, I can be assertive, but I cannot insult others, I cannot curse them, I cannot make fun of them, I cannot put them down, I cannot criticize them harshly, I cannot wound them and hurt them, and I say, it's holy anger. Definitely, it's not a holy anger. If the motive is godly, and the goal is pure, And the means are according to the commandment of God Then here we can call it holy anger Other than this it is not holy anger Anger actually blinds the person King Saul in his anger He became angry at his son And he wanted even to kill his own son Jonathan In 1 Samuel chapter 20 Starting from verse 24, David ran away was hiding from King Saul. And then there was a dinner, but David did not go to the dinner. So in verse 27, 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 27, Saul said to Jonathan, his son, Why hath the son of Jesse not come to eat neither yesterday or today? So Jonathan answered Saul, David earnestly asked permission of me to go to Bethlehem and he said please let me go for our family has a sacrifice in the city and my brother has commanded me to be there and now if I have found favor in your eyes please let me get away and see my brothers. Therefore he has not come to the king's table. Verse 30 Then Saul's anger was aroused against Jonathan against his own son and he said to him you son of a perverse rebellious woman he cursed him by his mother do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness for as long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth you shall not be established nor your kingdom now therefore send and bring him to me for he shall surely die And Jonathan answered Saul his father And said to him Why should he be killed What has he done David did not do anything actually Then Saul cast a spear At him At Jonathan his son To kill him By which Jonathan knew That it was determined by his father To kill David Then Jonathan arose from the table In fierce anger We have now two persons angry Jonathan and Saul Can we say the anger of Saul is holy? Definitely not Can we say the anger of Jonathan is holy? Yes Although it fierce anger But it is holy Because the motive was actually the glory of God Not to break the covenant of love And the means he did not curse his father His father cursed him but he answered very gently why should he be killed? what has he done? and the goal he wanted actually his father to re-examine himself in order to repent so here actually we have two persons getting angry but one in his anger want to kill his own son the other actually was angry but he did not allow himself to cross the boundaries or. break the commandment of God that's why Saint Paul in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31 he said let all bitterness wrath anger clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice what's the difference between bitterness wrath anger clamor evil speaking bitterness is the suppressed anger when I suppress anger within myself I feel bitter I'm not happy from within I am bitter wrath is the explosion of anger when I exploded in my anger anger is just the feeling of frustration when a situation start to frustrate me then it can turn into wrath if I explode it, or it can turn into bitterness if I suppress it. Clamor is yelling and screaming, صياح. when actually I start to yell and scream and raise my voice and threaten others. And evil speaking, when I curse, the, يعني, when with my anger, actually I start cursing others. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 28, Maybe it's not common to know this. When the Lord actually, they asked him, Why you didn't do any miracle in Galilee, in your hometown? So the Lord told them, Assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. And I tell you, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months. And there was a great famine throughout all the land, but none of them was Elijah sent except in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. Many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elijah the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. Wrath. What did they do? They rose up, thrust him out of the city. They thrust the Lord Jesus Christ out of the city. And they led him to the brow of a hill on which their city was built, like a mountain, that they might throw him down over the cliff. They want to throw him from over the hill or or the mountain to kill him. Then passing through the midst of them, he went his way. That is wrath. That is wrath. How we manage our anger, if I'm struggling with the sin of anger, un- unholy anger, how I manage it? Most of us, when we get angry, we blame it on others. My children frustrates me, that's why I lose my uh, peace. My spouse frustrates me, push on my wrong button, that's why I uh, get angry, etc. But actually I want to explain to you, anger is not a direct reaction to the action of others. But anger is a direct reaction to my interpretation of the action of others. Let me explain more. If somebody entered now the church and cursed all of us, are we going to have the same reaction? each one of us will have a different reaction. Why? If the action causes the reaction, if the action of this person caused the reaction, then definitely all of us should have the same reaction. But each one of us will interpret this action differently. Somebody will say, he's a crazy man, just ignore him. Somebody say, blessed are you when they revile and speak evil of you, so they will pray for him and tell him, "God forgive you. Somebody will look at him. How dare you curse us here who are sitting in the church and maybe he will go and hit him. Why our reactions are different? Because our reaction is a reaction to the interpretation of the action of the other. So don't blame others. Blame your interpretation. If you have right interpretation, then you will not be angry. That's why in counseling they use the word reframing. What do we mean by reframing? Take the action, you can put it in a certain frame of reference that make you angry. But if you take this action and you put it in another frame, then you will not be angry. And if you cannot find any frame, To calm you down, I will give you a frame that always, always works. What is the frame? Say, He has His own weakness as I have my own weakness. God actually registered me in a course called endurance, forbearance, forgiveness. Should I withdraw from this course or should I continue? Should I drop this course or should I continue? If you cannot find an excuse, who among us doesn't have weakness? And that's what the Lord actually did to the people when they were very angry and wanted to throw stones at the woman caught in sin. So the Lord told them, think about your own sins first. If you don't have any sin, throw it at her. This action now, she committed adultery, was put in another frame she is weak as I am weak, and as God covering my sins, let me cover her sins. So everyone threw his stone and they left, and no one actually threw one stone at her. The first point in dealing with anger, use what I call it reframing. Reframing, change the interpretation in your mind into interpretations that help you not to be angry. But if you insist on your interpretation, he's arrogant, he's ungodly, how dare he speak to me like this, etc. Then you are fueling your anger and your anger will not calm down. And this leads to the second point. Take responsibility for your anger. Don't blame others for your anger. As long as you are blaming others for your anger, you will not actually get rid of it. Because I say, my children makes me angry. My spouse makes me angry. So do you know what you are saying? As long as my spouse did not change, I will continue to be angry. As long as my children are not, I will continue to be angry. That's not the solution. Don't blame others, take responsibility take responsibility. You know when the sinful woman went into the house of Simeon the Pharisee, he felt frustrated. How the Lord Jesus Christ allowing this woman to touch him. If he is a prophet, he would know what manner of woman she is. She is a sinner. And he was angry, he was furious. Simeon looked at her sins. But the Lord Jesus Christ looked at what? Her love. The Lord did not deny she is sinful. That's why he said, you know, your sins are forgiven you. And he said to Simeon, because she loved much, her many sins are forgiven. So the Lord is not in denial. He knew that she is sinful and she has many sins. But the Lord focused on her love, not on her sins that's why Simeon looking at her sins he judges the Lord he did not see him even as a prophet and he judged this lady but the Lord Jesus Christ looked at her love that's why he was able to accept her and not get frustrated neither at her nor at Simeon nor at Simeon another point actually in dealing or managing anger we can find it in James chapter 1 and verse 19. He said, My beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. He wants us to slow our wrath. What does it mean? How I slow my anger? How? Do you remember when I told you in the beginning, anger is like a car? and if you lose control over it, it can do accidents. In the car actually you should have good brakes and brakes actually is slow the car. Brakes is not enough. You need to have brakes but also you need to be a good observer because if there is a young boy in front of you and you have good brakes but you did not observe him, you're gonna hit him with your car. Two things actually you need to have in order to avoid accident you need to be good observant and also the right timing and using the brake the same way for anger you need to be observant anger does not go from this point to this point you will not be exploding immediately but it starts with little frustration when you start getting frustrated then you say okay, that's the right timing I need to use my brakes right now because if I don't use my brakes, this anger will grow and explode, make an exit. You need to train yourself to be observant when the first discomfort, frustration, start to move within you. As we read in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 11 and 12. My son, be wise and make my heart glad that i may answer him who reproaches me a prudent man foresees evil a prudent man foresees evil foresees means he foresees it coming before it happens a prudent man foresees evil and hides himself but the simple not wise pass on and are punished be prudent foresee the anger is coming Use your break at this time. What is a break? Break can be making the sign of the cross or calling on the name of Jesus. My Lord Jesus Christ, help me, calm me down. Or remembering how the Lord Jesus Christ endures many insults, even he did not turn his face from the shame of spitting. Maybe the Lord's prayer, maybe ask the intercession of the saints, Maybe you need actually to set a boundary and say, I see the discussion now going in the wrong direction, let us take a break and talk later. But when you are saying talk later, if you did not give an appointment, the other person may perceive that you are avoiding discussion. So you can tell him, we can talk after two hours from now, or we can talk tomorrow morning. You need to give an appointment so the other person knows you are not avoiding the discussion with him. You need to be good observer. When the first trigger of anger starts to work within you, you need to feel it and then you need to use whatever breaks is helpful for you. Prayer or just take a break, or time out until you calm down and then you, you continue the discussion. I remember one time a person called me. Ali, Sayedna, don't be upset with me. I'm so angry. So if, yani uh, if I say something wrong, just uh, let it go. Tell you no, I'm not gonna let it go. Why, why I let you say something wrong? Tell you go calm yourself. 20 minutes and then call me back. I'll be available. So actually, we hung up. He calmed himself. After, he called me after 30 minutes. He was calm, and we continued our conversation very well in our ability to calm ourselves down in our ability and I always say, if Abuna is visiting you and your children, your spouse made something that usually make you angry and lose your temper are you going to lose your temper? No, because Abuna is uh, here okay. then you have the power to control your, your anger but you are not using it all the time You are taking the easy route to explode and to get angry. The following point in controlling your anger, you should know the reason of the anger. The reason of the anger is within you. Again, the reason of your anger is within you. It can be lack of patience. You are not just patient. Sometimes when you are open the door of your house, and the code or the key did not work with you, and you tried it five times and it did not work, you get frustrated. It <inaudible> made me angry. It's your lack of patience. So be patient. This morning in the parable of the sower, last two verses, you will and they bear fruit by patience. <inaudible> so in order to bear the fruit, you need to be patient. Another reason for anger is lack of flexibility, when we are rigid, want things to be done in a certain way, and if it's not done in this way, or according to my vision, or according to my will, I get angry. You need to be flexible, you need to be flexible. Definitely when it comes to faith, no flexibility, but I'm speaking about everything in our life, can be done several ways, it has not to be done your own way, When you are flexible, you can accept and meet others where they are. Also, another reason is oversensitivity. You are overly sensitive. Any word will hurt you. Any comment, any criticism can make you frustrated. No, just calm down. Calm down. Don't be overly sensitive. Another reason for anger is... You don't want to bear the consequences like, like Cain, he did something wrong But he doesn't want to bear the consequences of his reaction Many times yani, people get frustrated when they are disciplined And get angry when they are disciplined And they start to threaten, I'm not coming to the church anymore I Think about it, did you do something wrong? Yes, this discipline is to help you to correct it why we want to do thing I'm driving and I drove through a red light, I'm angry because he gave me a citation. You deserve it. Why are you angry? You did something wrong. Another reason for anger is when you want to control others. Love of control. That's why the controllers they call them aggressive controllers and there is manipulative controllers. The aggressive controllers, they control others by their anger and threatening. So people just to avoid this control, do to them whatever they want. The manipulative, they use manipulation to make others feel guilty so they can control them. The worst stubborn, when you are both aggressive and manipulative together. That's another reason for anger. I remember one time I was cancelling a couple. And the wife was aggressive control, so the husband put up with her for maybe twenty five years, very, very long time, but he was not putting up actually he has suppressed anger, bitterness. he's angry and putting this. so after maybe twenty or twenty five years, he start to get angry because he couldn't take it anymore Yani. quite now he was able to endure it twenty five years. Both of them came. And he says she aggressive and she told me also he's aggressive. And when I listened to their history, I told them both of you are aggressive. But your aggression because you want to control him. His aggression because after Yani he was angry but suppressed this anger, trying to live in peace, but after these years he started to be aggressive. Your solution is different or your treatment or your remedy is different than him. For her, her remedy is to be humble and to let go of this desire to control and to accept a different opinion. But for him, he has to learn how to express his anger in the right way. Don't suppress it. That's why the Bible says, be angry and not sin. So express your anger in the right way in order not to turn into bitterness and eventually it will turn into wrath and explosion When one of the servants slapped the Lord on his face during the trial the Lord expressed his anger and he told him If I spoke something wrong, point it out If not, why do you slap me? So here the Lord Jesus Christ expressed his anger but without sinning, of course So in order to manage your anger, you need to know what is the reason. Maybe the reason is jealousy, like King Saul. He was jealous. That's why he became angry, even at his own son. Try to find the reason of anger within you. The anger is within you, not outside you. When you find the reason of anger within you, you will be able to manage it. Another point in dealing with anger or managing anger as St. Paul said, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Renew your mind. Think differently. Look at things from a different perspective. Don't make a decision while you are angry. Most of the decisions that we make while you are angry are wrong decisions. And we need to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. How to develop... Positive thinking, positive thinking. Everything in our life has two aspects, negative and positive. And it is your choice. If you look at the negative aspect, you will be frustrated and angry. But if you look at the positive aspect, you will be happy. Yes, you will be able to deal with anger, but in the right way. The Lord Jesus Christ, when he dealt with Zacchaeus, when he dealt with the, the sinful woman, the woman caught in adultery. He did not deny that these people are sinners, but he looked at something positive in them. Each one of them, that's why he was able to deal with them and help them. You need actually to renew your mind and how to develop the ability to think positively. I'm sure you know this, when they say if you have a cup of water, half full. You can say it's half full or you can say it's half empty. It depends on how you look at it. Sometimes I give this exercise when somebody comes in in counseling and complain about his spouse or her spouse I tell them okay go this week and try to write what is the positive about your spouse. And believe me many times they struggle because they have these negative thoughts. I know all these negatives about my spouse, but I cannot mention one or two positive things. Definitely not everyone has all this negativity in in their life. Definitely each one of us has some positives. If I fail to mention one or two or five positive things about my spouse, then I need the renewal of my mind. I need to, to start thinking positively. Otherwise, as long as I'm putting this filter that my children, my spouse, my friend, my boss, my abouna, my bishop are negative, I'll be angry at them. I will not accept any behavior from them. Another point in anger management, deal with the problem at hand. Anger, as Pope Shunode used to say, it will add. Instead of having one problem, you have two problems. The problem of anger besides the problem. Like the Cain, if he decided to offer animal sacrifice, it's solved. But no, he did not decide to do what's right. When there is a problem, try to deal with the problem. And if there is a problem that has no solution, try to accept it. Like if somebody has certain disability, he got stroke and paralysis has two choices. To accept this disability and live with it happily or to reject it. And when he reject it and have resentment, he will be miserable. As they say, suffering is inevitable. But misery is a choice. Suffering is inevitable. All of us, we are suffering. But misery is your choice. It's your choice to be miserable or to be joyful. We have power and strength inside us that we can deal with any problem or accept any problem but we need to choose whether to be joyful or to be miserable the last point I want to say learn how to express your anger in the right way as I told you there are three ways to express your anger either to explode and that's wrong or to suppress your anger, and this is wrong because it will turn into bitterness, or to express it in the right way, express it in objective way. For example, when you express it in objective way, don't blame the other person, but be objective. There is a big difference between saying, if somebody hurt you, you can tell him you are impolite, you are arrogant, How you you say this word to me? That's expressing your anger in the wrong way. But if you say something like, this word hurt me. When you use the word you, it's attack. But when you use the word, this word hurt me, then actually you are expressing your anger in a nice way, in, in the right way. And you are not attacking the person. You are attacking the word, the wrong word, not the person himself. And he cannot argue with you because if you tell him, You hurt me, he will tell you, No, I did not mean to hurt you. But if you say, This word hurt me, that's my feeling, that's how I feel about it. Train yourself how to express your anger. The Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure you know that the person who slapped the Lord Jesus on his face is a relative to the person whom Peter cut off his ear. So the Lord said to this person, Why do you slap me? He did not tell him, I know you are slapping me because you are angry because Malchus, your, your relative, Peter cut off his ear. That's accusation. Or he did not tell him, Why are you trying to please the high priest? I know you are hitting me because you are pleasing the high priest. All these are accusations, but the Lord did not say this. He was very objective. He told him, "Why do you slap me? If I did something wrong, point it out. If not, why?" So here, the Lord is pointing the action itself, not the person. He did not analyze the person. He did not told him, "You are the high priest pleaser, or you are avenging your relative." He did not use any of these accusations. Even when your children are angry with you, calm them down and try to train them and teach them how to express their anger in the right way. So when they go to, to school and friends bully them, they should be able to express their anger in assertive, strong way, not to be passive. There are many other ideas, again, about how to manage your anger, like how to calm yourself, maybe change the the whole place, acquire the new man that we acquired him in baptism, bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Let me conclude by three advices Saint Paul gave in Ephesians chapter 4, and if we actually Follow these three advices will help us in controlling our anger. In Ephesians chapter 4, after he spoke about let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, he gave us three advices. Number one, be kind to one another. Anger is against kindness. So be kind to one another. Number two, tender hearted. Tender heart means you feel for others, sensitive to the feeling of others. And number three, forgive one another even as God in Christ forgive you. If we train ourselves to acquire these three things, to be kind, to be tender-hearted, and to forgive one another, we will not be angry. It's very difficult for a kind person to lose his temper and start to get angry. It's very also difficult to a person who is tender hearted, sensitive to the feeling of others, to get angry and hurt others. And again, many of our anger because we did not forgive. But if we forgive others, then we will be able not to get angry. Sometimes our anger because of the stressors of life. So you need to take care of your physical health, spiritual health, and psychological health. When you are relaxed, you will not be angry, but many times because we are stressed and anxious, that's why we lose our temper. May the Lord help all of us to be able to manage our anger, to be kind to one another, to be tender-hearted, to forgive one another in order for every anger, wrath, bitterness, clamor, every speaking will be taken away from us. Glory be to God.